Hey folks, Zach Austin here, IU Insider, Indianapolis Star. It is Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. This is Mind Your Banners. Uh, it's an unseasonably warm Mind Your Banners. Uh, I don't think you even need a coat to be outside in Bloomington today. Um, so let's let's enjoy that. Uh, we have a very special guest this week. We have been trying to range a little wider as the season has gotten more complex and interesting. And uh, not least because uh, I owed him one after he and Dylan Burkhardt had me on their podcast, The Moving Screen. Uh, Good friend, Brendan Quinn of The Athletic, has joined us to give us kind of his thoughts on Indiana, obviously look ahead to the weekend's game at Michigan, and just sort of maybe paint a picture outside the IU bubble. Brendan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Zach. Can we start by talking about your attire? My Braves jersey? You're just a grown man sitting in your house wearing a baseball jersey? I mean, pretty much. This is how I manifest spring. Are you taking BP over there? Or what is I'm just I'm just desperate to feel sunshine on my face again. I'm a southerner. I just think it's funny wearing a jersey at the house. I'm a southerner living in the Midwest. This is how I this is how I end winter early, as I just start thinking about baseball season. Okay. See, are you wearing you wear that or grilling hot dogs for myself in the cold on my back deck? I choose this. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I, if I had an Eagles jersey, I'd go pop mine on, but I, I don't because I'm 40. <laughs> yeah, but I don't really care. This is how I this is how I let people know I'm from Atlanta. People don't know that about me, you know. People, I, I don't I don't mention it much. You do at this point have as a as a fellow non Midwesterner. I do think that you have kind of as a Southerner, you have morphed into more of a mid. Western. I think you give off a Midwest vibe. I mean, I, I think I, your your accent has been. Well, I don't. I of, never really had a huge accent to begin with. Well, I think you've um, developed a Midwest accent. No, see, Indiana doesn't have an <laughs> accent though. Like that's the weird thing. Like Indiana doesn't really, like you know, Chicago has an accent. Minnesota, Wisconsin have an accent. I don't feel like Indiana's got one. You know what I mean? Okay. But. Um, yeah, I have lived in the Midwest almost as long as I lived in the South. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. interesting. Yeah, okay, enough. I'm a man in two worlds. Um, I would be curious if your listeners think you are one of them at this point. I mean, or if you're still an outsider. Like, like I've I said, always I, ha- I've I, dealt. With I don't that. mention that I'm from Atlanta very often. Only most of the time, and so, <laughs> um, you know, it 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 you know, I think that they could definitely you know perceive that maybe i grew up in indianapolis but okay went to went to north central etc yeah no i i think that you would be claimed at this point as a Riverwood raiders baby sandy springs made me anyway um indiana won last night 66 to 60 in uh a very rutgersian game uh, against mm. hoosiers. uh hoosiers have won seven of eight uh after losing six of nine beginning with a loss at rutgers on december 3rd I recognize you have probably not watched every minute of every Indiana game uh, over the last month, uh, two months, but I, I imagine you've seen at least some of Indiana. And as someone who just kind of keeps tabs on the Big Ten more widely, I- I'd be curious to start just your impressions of kind of, you know, what what it has looked like as Indiana has kind of turned its season around here, because I think it is fair to say around here uh, at 10 and 6 and 1 and 4 in the conference on Thursday, January 12th, not a lot of people saw this coming. Yeah, it's funny, like, uh, as you know, I I was on leave for two weeks, and when I left, it was Indiana was coming off the Penn State loss. I believe that's when you went on the pod with Dylan, and you were talking about, like, a state of 
the yeah, program. I think, that was, I think that was after the Wisconsin game, and it was very like, you know, oh, and there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of peril for Indiana in these next four games. Yeah, yeah. And then they won so, them by like 15, 13, 4, and 16. So that was when I checked out, and then I che- when I returned – the first Indiana game I watched was the Maryland game, right? Huchifino looked awful. And I'm like, oh man, you know, well, what? Oh, I don't understand this. How did this team just win five straight games? Um, but then uh, watched the last two games, watched the Purdue game, watched the, the Rutgers game. And yeah, I think it's, look, Dylan and I, a week or so ago, when we were talking about where Indiana was, we're like the most Indiana move here would be to win the Purdue game and to lose the Rutgers game, right? Get everyone juiced up, blah, 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 and then lay an egg at home and everyone leaves Assembly Hall just absolutely furious uh, to not back up the Purdue win. Lo and behold, last night, like, didn't even think they played that well. You know, all things considered, obviously, Trace was great, but he still had whatever it was, five, six turnovers, did a couple things where you'd probably want to have back. Maybe he could chill on some of those pocket passes, but – you know, he was really good. Milikov was really good. And then I thought it was like an okay overall game against a pretty damn good team. And maybe this is the difference of this group that like Indiana of other years, maybe don't win this game. And, and this team did, I think there's a, there's a maturity to this group. I think there is a um, kind of like a responsibility there. Every once in a while, you'll see these teams that have like a great player clearly in their last year, and everyone kind of seems to either feed off of him or like almost there's a level of responsibility to play a certain way that like translates off of that guy. And there does seem to be some of that going on with 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 TJD right now. We're like this dude's playing on a completely other level. I mean, he's a first team All American in my book right now. I'm biased because I live here and I watch damn near every game, but um, you know. For this Indiana team to fulfill, I think, some of the preseason expectations, it's the auxiliary parts. And it doesn't necessarily need to be like a clear-cut top three or top four. But as long as there's three guys every game, it could be a different three. Um, but that's that's how this team can probably reach its actual potential. Um, and that's, I think, what you're seeing right now. You know, when you look up – Look up Torvik's efficiency ratings um, from the last eight games, um, seventh nationally total. And, you know, that's kind of what I think was the the destination point for this team was to be a top 10 team nationally. And at least right now they're playing that way. You bring up something there that I think is has fascinated Indiana fans. And, and I don't know, you probably find a range of people who are optimistic because of it you know, skeptical because of it, whatever. And obviously I, I still don't necessarily blame any Indiana fan. That's uh if you see my, no one can see me making a weird face. I poked myself in the eye yesterday and it's just gotten worse and worse. Um, But uh, you've been around teams that maybe not trace Jackson Davis specifically mm-hmm. kind of had this dynamic of there's one great player. I think you were there for at least one of the Trey Burke teams, if I'm not mistaken, at Michigan. No, I came in. I came in just after, actually. But okay, well then, just lie. Your point me. remains. Your and, point and remains. Tell, tell me. The point is, you've been. You know, you have seen teams like this where it, the formula is almost kind of one plus. It's it's there's a great player that is not just you know getting points and rebounds. I've I've uh, referenced this before. I think I referenced this maybe when Dylan and I talked about Trace. Um, you know, I, I got to sit down with him in the preseason and he said one of the biggest differences in his in his own mind about 
you know, between him sort of maybe 18, 24 months ago and him now was that he was allowed and he didn't call anybody out by name, but like, you know, it's the former staff is the former staff. He was allowed to find, he was allowed to kind of fall into this habit of feeling like, Hey, I'm getting my 18 and 10 a night. I'm doing enough. It's somebody else's problem that we're not winning. And that Mike Woodson yeah. for the last two years has been sort of pushing him to say, but go find something else, go find another way to be better rebound more, or, you know, be better at the rim. He's a night and day as a rim protector. Now the assist numbers have been off the charts for a big man this year. Um, so the, I guess the point I'm trying to make is it's not necessarily just a big, but a player around which everything can sort of orbit. And then you've got, you know, I think for Indiana right now, probably four, generously five, you know, certainly I think as and when Xavier Johnson comes back, it probably gets close yeah. to five players that can fill in around him and be the other guy on any given night. Um, I mean, in your mind, I don't know if the word is sustainable, but just like, is that is that enough? for you to believe in Indiana to as the sort of team that can chase a big prize, whether it's a big 10 tournament title, whether it's a, you know, a second weekend, maybe even a third weekend in the, in the NCAA tournament, is that enough for Indiana to aim as high as it, it, it probably wants to. And, and as this team in the preseason and, and even at times through their struggles said, you know, no, this is still our ambition. We still think we can be this good. Yes. And, and I mean, partially because of just how good Trace is right now. This is not just like your normal, um, like, man, this guy's one of the best players in the country. I mean, he's one of the most dominant players, game changing presence guys. He, he just has he, he really is like rising to the occasion at the right times. He's not these one of these guys who is dependent on like three point shooting or like there are variables to like how he can dominate. game. No, he just does what he does. And he will dominate pretty much whoever you put in front of him. And it's, you know, blocking the key shot at, at the big time. And it's, you know, on, on a key possession, him him getting three of his own offensive rebounds and then finishing it with a dunk on like this possession where you're like, well, that's just a backbreaker. You know, like he, he's doing that stuff right now and has been. And look, I mean, you, you don't want to be a prisoner to the moment. Indiana has four of its next six on the road. And who knows how it kind of looks on the back end of that, but like all that, I feel like what you're seeing right now is that this is a team that can win in March. And that's really all that matters. And whether this team finishes 12 and eight or 13 and seven in the big 10 or 14 and six, whatever you like, I don't think that matters that much. I don't think they're going to catch Purdue just because of the nature of the, the, the schedule and, and and the the lead that Purdue has, like it would take something rather catastrophic. So like I kind of take that all out. And like if you can just look at like from February 11th, when they play Michigan through March 5th, as long as they just like keeps this look going um, is able to bring in a, a Xavier Johnson and kind of not lose the chemistry that's being built. Um, all that matters is if you can win, six games in March or even win four games. Right. And just make it. Um, that's, that's the measure. And between what trace is and then the other pieces, like I said, you know, two or three guys stepping up around him on, on any given night, you, you can win that way. And like, there's a lot to like here when you kind of step back and, and think of like, they could probably even be better. <laughs> um, and that's like, a really good problem to have. Like the defense can get better. 
And you're talking about a team that's 18th in the country in three-point shooting and is like, I looked up earlier, they're 285 in the country and three ma- threes made per game. They're two or like three something high threes, like 350 in percentage of points coming off of three. Like they probably could shoot and make more threes. They probably can improve on defense. They can do more and get better. And for a team that's already trending in the right direction, um, that's pretty good because usually at this time of year, like I feel like it's easier to poke holes in teams than it is to buy them. And Indiana right now, at least, and look, they're coming off beating the first and second place teams in the conference. So you're going to feel good, but there's reason to feel good. And I'm usually a pessimist, like, you know that. So, (laughs) um, I, I guess I also wanted to frame this. I know you and I had conversations about where Indiana fit in the preseason. Um, and I think maybe we both voted Illinois to win the league. I know. I mean, I wrote this right. in the preseason and obviously with all the caveats about how the league is going to develop differently than what we expect. But I wrote that I couldn't pick Indiana to win the league just because their schedule looked so difficult. And and mm. it's probably evened out a little bit, you know, in the sense that basically the middle of the conference has just become this like, undistinguishable morass of teams from like two to probably nine of teams that are, I mean, there are nine teams that are at least seven and five in the conference right now. Um, And seven and five were better in terms of of conference record. Um, But I mean, you know, I think there were still some, you know, if you bought into Indiana, for example, you were probably buying into a level of defense that they haven't consistently played this year um, that they did last year. Um, you were buying into a team that was going to get better because of Jalen Huchafina, which it probably has. You were buying into a yeah. team where you sort of looked at it and said, surely at some point some of these threes are going to start going down. And, you know, I I, I I have wondered kind of where the push and pull of some of this is. Like, for example, I, I agree with anyone who says Indiana could take a greater volume of threes, but at the same time, I also see one of the most dominant post players mm-hmm. I've, I've ever seen in the Big Ten, or at least in, in this run, certainly. And I just think, well, do you really want to take shots out of his hands? No. To take, you know, let's, let's even <laughs> the answer's call them no. like above average three-point looks in terms of shot yeah. quality. I think the defense has regressed a little bit because Indiana's trying to find a better balance between playing faster than they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you come from. And I guess I don't know how I have a question so much as I'm just sort of curious for your thoughts on this. But, like, you know, Indiana has – I mean that you know that they beat Ohio State by 16. All, all basically all of that was a 17 to one run in the first half of that game. They beat Illinois by 15. All of that was a run in the first half that they just kind of sustained through most of the second half. They had Purdue down by I think it was 14. They had Rutgers down by 14. They couldn't sustain that, but it's it's those little pockets of games that you look at and you think, you know, that's what they're doing to the number one team in the country. If it if they can sustain it, and this is where, you know, uh, I I use this phrase a lot. Kelvin Sampson once I heard him say when he was still the head coach at Indiana, misty watercolored memories. Um, he said you don't play February basketball in November, and I think that's true. But I think it's also true you don't play March basketball in February. It feels like mm-hmm. Indiana's still piecing it together in some ways, and you can see it. And the question is, does Indi- I'm not saying Indiana's going to blow everybody out in March if they just keep getting better, but it, to me, it's almost a question of they have been looking for this push and pull between what they had to be last year to win enough games to go to the NCAA tournament and what they think they can be this year to go up the necessary level to win at the at the, the rate they think they can when it matters the most this season. 
And it's basically just whether they can find a way to sustain those stretches where they look more unplayable than, frankly, they have in a very long time. So, you know, I know they've had a lot of good starts and teams have tripped away, last night being a really good example of it. And, I mean, really, I think that is as much like the nature of the beast as as anything. That, like, Indiana is good enough to build those leads. And that's the point. Like, it's a good team. And it's good enough to go on a 16-1 run against um, against Rutgers. Or it's good enough to, you know, go on these spurts or these stretches of play where it's building itself a lead or whatever it may be. Like, that's because it's a really good team. Um and at the same time, the league is good enough that most of the teams are go- are going to are going to push back, are going to chip away. You're not just going to blow teams off the floor. Like Indiana's good, but it's not some generationally great team that is just going to wax teams, right? It's not. It is not the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles. It is not going to blow the doors off teams. You know what I mean? So, so. <laughs> Win a championship. You know, you make fun of me for wearing the Braves jersey. All I'll say is win a championship. The Eagles just won a Super Bowl in 2017. What are you talking yeah, about? That was that was basic. I mean, I didn't even have kids then. That that doesn't really count. I mean, like this is that's a lifetime ago compared to your 2021 World Series champion Atlanta Braves. I know the Phillies got close. I know it feels good to to sort of, you know, almost mm. touch that mm. that mm. trophy, but they mm. didn't get there. Okay. I'll talk to you Sunday night. You call me. Either no. way, you can call me. Absolutely um, not. FaceTime, I would appreciate. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, point is, like, in, Indiana's probably the second best team in the Big Ten. Maybe the third best team, you know? It, I'd say it is, it is right now, for me, It Purdue, clear, line, Illinois, Indiana, and maybe, like, a half of a Rutgers hanging on there. Um but I feel like what the league, what we thought it was going to be as of February 8th is evolving into that through a very wandering path. Um, but it is what we thought it was going to be for the most part. So um, I don't know. Is this like the bigger Big Ten discussion, though, of when it comes to March, right? Of like, OK, it does or do any of these teams actually make a run? What does it take for a Big Ten team to make a Final Four? Blah, blah, blah. I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be like it is for everybody else when it comes to Indiana. It's going to be the draw. It's going to be who makes shots on, uh, for, you know, a Friday afternoon game in Buffalo or whatever the hell NCAA site they get. You know, I don't even know what the, what the sites are, but, but the point remains, right? Like, it's going to be the same thing as it is for everybody, but like Indiana is good enough. I think to play itself into a top four, top five seed at this point. Um, and that's, that's all you can hope is that how does that measure in terms of like what preseason expectations were? I don't really think it matters. You had the Xavier Johnson injury. There were other things going on here, but for the most part, all you can really hope for is that a team kind of fulfills how good it, can be and that's what this team's doing right now i my question to you is when you look at the this upcoming stretch with the four on the road in the next six like what is what can they do to just avoid anyone freaking out because that is kind of the that's one of those just like hot flash things about indiana that you know all it takes is like two bad games and people just lose it and you're like that has to have residual effects on the team that 
probably aren't healthy. So they need to avoid that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I think there's a couple things. First of all, I think, you know, that there is the old uh, and, and I reference this a lot too, the old Bob Knight line about putting yourself in position to be in position. And, and, it's, mm-hmm. and you, you, you know, you in in a basketball season, like every sort every win just gives you the platform for something else. And I always pair that to the old Greg LeMond quote about cycling, where it says it doesn't get easier. You just go faster. Like mm-hmm. the better a team gets suddenly this more stressful a season is like, it's not that stressful when the team is not very good because you just, you, you wipe losses away pretty fast. If you're a fan, if you win suddenly it's like, well, what if we win the next game? Well, what if, we, you know, like how many stress-free games are really left on Indiana schedule? I do think beating Purdue and Rutgers, because I mean, a, a lot of people I think, and, and listen, I said this on a podcast I did last week um, on our podcast last week, I said, this felt like a pivotal stretch. This a pivotal two game stretch for Indiana. It was at home. It was against the top two teams in the conference, in terms of record. It was against two teams that, in the last five or six years, have really you know you can it's it's easy to fall into this trap this this sort of cliche. But you said it earlier, and I don't think it's totally misplaced that like these were games Indiana conspired to lose a decent amount of in the last five, four or five years. Um, and they are certainly the kinds of games that like Purdue and Rutgers specifically have won a lot of in the conference in the last four or five years. These close games where it's just about like who's going to grind out two or three critical possessions late. Yes, they were at home, but that almost kind of made them more pivotal because it's sort of like if you are the team you think you are, you win these games. And and you just, you know, you don't care that Purdue's number one. You don't care that Rutgers has beaten you six times in a row and exposed you in December like you you just win these games. And and what that does on the turnabout is now you got, you actually got four of your next five on the road. And, you know, you look at like basically the next two, maybe even the next three road games, because Michigan state's hardly pulling up trees right now. Mm. It's more opportunity than it is peril. You know, a, a year ago, like, I mean, so it's, we're, we're talking on February 8th. If you go to February 8th last year, Indiana beat Purdue at home on January 20th to go to uh to move to 14 and 4 and 5 and 3 in the conference. They laid an egg against Michigan but then beat, beat Penn State and Maryland to get to 16 and 5 and 7 and 4. From there, on February 8th last season was the first the second of their of five straight February losses. That yeah. was at Northwestern in a game where a bunch of players were suspended. They would lose to Illinois at Northwestern and Michigan State, to Wisconsin and at Ohio State before they kind of snapped out of it, won a couple games late, and then made that run in the Big Ten tournament that ultimately got them into the NCAA field. Um, my point in this is, you know, this time a year ago, we were looking at Indiana and we were saying basically what you're talking about, which is this team is stumbling, it's struggling to find its feet, it – you know, it's 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 starting to go wrong. It's starting to move in a really bad direction. They where are they going to get a road win? They didn't have their best road win last season with Maryland, which was eighty third and Ken Palm. Um, this year, you know, quietly, like the I think I think Indiana fans have just been used to being stressed about their team for so long that like they don't maybe they are just starting to recognize like. Xavier away and Illinois away are going to be as good as any two road wins. Anybody outside like the one seed line probably has on selection Sunday. You know, the the you've got just sitting here and counting it up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Ken Palm top 100 wins. I think they've got either eight or nine quad one and two wins already. My point is, you know, obviously, listen, if you sustain the form that wins seven of eight, then you're going to be fine. But it's also more kind of this idea of 
you're giving yourself opportunities now. You go to Michigan and lose on Saturday, you can live with that. But if you win, then suddenly it's you know that that, that takes you up another level. And and you're right. If Indiana, I mean, you know, Indiana's next four or, or next five are at Michigan, at Northwestern, Illinois, at Michigan State, at Purdue, you know, go two and three or one and four in that stretch. And, you know, suddenly, yeah, a, a lot of the a lot of the good feeling is is kind of, you know, recedes. But where you are right now, if you're Indiana, I think you just have to look at this this stretch as opportunities. You know, a, a Michigan team that is hardly perfect, um, that is 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 probably going to play a little desperate on Saturday night because you know quietly, if you're Indiana, now the thing maybe you need to get used to next is being a scalp, is being the sort of team that Michigan or Michigan State or Northwestern circles and says that's a quality home win for us. We need to go get it. But the flip side is you win even just one of these next two road games. There's another quad one win. There's another top mm-hmm. 100 road win. You can go back home against an Illinois team that you beat by 15 in Champaign. And if you take care of business there, it just continues to kind of. This season reminds me a lot, at least to this point, of Indiana's 2012 season. And everybody kind of remembers that season for the Kentucky win, the Ohio State win, and then the Michigan State win uh, in late February. What people don't remember is that team was five and six in the conference at one point. Right. That, that team went two and five uh, between January 12th and February 1st when it lost at Michigan. And it went up to Purdue in a game that felt in the moment very like, don't really want to see what happens to Indiana if they lose this. And they won it. And that, and they only lost one more regular season game across their last eight. It feels like this team is kind of on different personnel, but a similar Mm -hmm. trajectory in the sense of they've actually given themselves the opportunity here rather than feeling that pressure, rather than, you know, going on the road and I don't want to say playing scared, but almost playing like they cannot afford to lose. They can go on the road in these next two. And even if they just split them, they're still in a much better position because of all the good work they've done already to kind of build the platform underneath them. It's interesting you comp those two teams because it was also like, you know, people forget this this Indiana team was up to like number eight in Ken Palm, like at, at one point early and then kind of did its thing. It had the injury, blah, 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 and kind of wandered, right? Um, and it's slowly but surely kind of climbing its way back up into that like, top 10 conversation um and this one's kind of on the same path but i, I mean I, I don't think we can underestimate the point that you made though about um what indiana now means to other teams and everyone that is basically on the schedule on the way out is looking at this either between like a line of desperation or inspiration um because you look at Northwestern and Michigan coming up, this is, well, ho- holy shit, we're running out of opportunities to make the NCAA tournament and, and to, to solidify the resume. Like, this is the game you got to have. Um, like, you know, as someone who's up here, right, in Michigan, like, yeah, the, Michigan has put itself in such a hole that this is, you know, one of the most important games of the year. Um, and when you know, fans want to care. They can create something, some resemblance of a of a home court advantage at Chrysler, which can sometimes be a little spotty. But, you know, I'm expecting some juice in the building and they're going to be ready to roll. Northwestern, same thing. Illinois, 
is going to be looking to go into assembly hall and prove that it is like one of the best teams in the league, Michigan state at Breslin looking to solidify its own NCAA that no one wants to play at Breslin on February 21st, right? Nobody wants to do that. Um, Purdue obvious. And then the last two games, Iowa probably playing to work its NCAA resume, Michigan again, same thing, right? So that's a long way of saying like, that's an exhausting way of doing things. And, and one of the most impressive things about what what Indiana just did was not only beating Purdue Rutgers back-to-back, but a Saturday-Tuesday turnaround. That's tough, man. That is physically grinding. And you've seen teams that have played Purdue and then come out and just looked like a shell of themselves the next game out, especially interior players. After Hunter Dickinson played Purdue, and, and Michigan almost kind of pulled that game out and, and fumbled it late a little bit, Um they went and played Penn State, and I mean, Dickinson looked like he hadn't slept in three days. You know, I mean, because he just physically was so demanding against Edie um, that the team, there was a obvious carryover of that game the next time out, and Indiana avoided that. And that's to me, is super impressive. So, um, and now they're going to have to keep doing that and doing that, where they're going to be getting teams' best shots every single time and then you have to come out and and raise yourself to a certain level and i'll be curious if like you know you get into that late february portion of the schedule and it's purdue is two games ahead you know or three games ahead and it's like it's fairly obvious okay the big 10 championship is off the table like how are you rallying to get up for for games when you're just like there is a point for certain teams where like let's just get to march we just went in, like, the, the, is there really anything else to prove in the regular season? Like, yeah, you want to work on your seating, but like, shit, we've already done it. Let's go February, play the game. February is to college college basketball what August is to baseball season, where like you you think the playoffs are like right around the corner. You think the NCAA, the NCAA tournament seems like it's right there. And yes, you wake up, it's like, well, actually, it's still eight weeks away. Like, it's, it's still. And I get in that like weird middle point where like if you're not playing for your league championship and you're not playing to make the NCAA tournament, like you're firmly in. Where do you find your urgency? Basically, where do you find your urgency? And, you know, okay, you're going to play a bunch of senior day games, whether it's yours or you're at another place. Like there's just a lot going on. Right. It's like and I'm kind of there with Indiana already, like other than bringing Xavier Johnson back. Like, okay, I'm kind of just ready. I, I, I buy it. I think they can possibly go on a run in the tournament. And now I just kind of want to see them play and see tournament games. I've seen enough. And I think that's, you know, uh, this is something I've talked about a lot this season. Like last season was all about kind of Indiana relearning the, the habits that that go into building a whole season resume for the NCAA tournament. And they almost failed at that. They, they needed to make like this sort of riotous, unexpected run in the Big Ten tournament just to get into the play-in game. But this season has felt like it's more about Indiana having to relearn how to win at a consistent level and how to like bring, how to be better starting halves, how to bring energy on a night like Tuesday night when, you know, you're, you're tired out. You don't have a, it's kind of a weird crowd because it's a six thirty mm-hmm. tip on a weeknight and it's late arriving and all that. And it's not going to be anywhere near the energy. It was a good crowd, but it wasn't anywhere near the energy of the Purdue game, understandably. Um, and I think that the, the last part of kind of learning how to win at the level Indiana wants to win at is basically how do you handle being hunted? How do you handle it when 
you know, Michigan and Northwestern and Illinois and Michigan State, each of your next four opponents have kind of circled you in red and for different reasons said, this is this is a game we need to have. This is a game that just, you know, a little bit like Maryland did, frankly, when when Indiana kind of struggled in a good environment there a couple of weeks ago. Um, that's, I think, one of the last growth points for this group, just from a maturity perspective. We have like three minutes left. So uh, Michigan, give me your elevator speech on Michigan. 90 seconds. Yeah. So uh, Hunter Dickinson playing at a at a high level right now, um, kind of has has had some dips and valleys and whatnot, but he was terrific against Ohio State. Um, and this is kind of going to be this is a big time game for him, man. You know, I mean, he has he went from being one of these preseason guys that everyone's talking about to because his own play has been kind of up and down, and Michigan has been just wildly inconsistent and really unimpressive at times and lost to a team like central Michigan. Um, you know, he's kind of a, had to exist out of the limelight. Um, but at the end of the day, right. He is still Hunter Dickinson. Everyone knows what he can do. Um, Michigan's young, young guards are growing up quickly. Um, you know, Doug McDaniel is basically playing 35 minutes a game as the point guard right now, because Jalen Wellens injury, um, he is coming around. He has actually made a couple threes of late where like previously you could just kind of try to bait him into shooting. Um, you know, he's now maybe given some teams reason to think, but um, he is getting better. Jet Howard is a projected first round NBA pick this year for a reason. Um, pretty dynamic score, dynamic shooter. Kobe Bufkin, I think is kind of the, the piece that holds it all together. Um, extremely talented guard. 6'4 sophomore is really young, but is make is becoming, I think, one of the best two-way players in the Big Ten and will be, you know, a disruptive force on both sides. Uh Joey Baker's really kind of carved his role out um as being, you know, maybe just a little bit more than kind of the spot-up shooter that he was at Duke and is giving Michigan even like flashes of defense. I think there's some like there's probably some comps with some with some Indiana guys there, you know. Um, but but Baker's coming around and and finding his role and and giving them good minutes off the bench and that's it. I mean they basically carved this thing down to a, a you know six man rotation with some spot minutes from Jace Howard, some spot minutes from Terrace Reed. But basically what you see is what you get right now. Um, you know Terrence Williams rounds them out and he is the guy that, as Dylan likes to point out, like if he gives Michigan two or three threes, they're really hard. To beat. So it's like if you see Terrence Williams, you know, bang Indiana with two first half threes, that's like red flag time, right? That that's usually an indicator for a Michigan win. Um, so something to keep an eye out. But it's a desperate team that's coming off two decent wins, Northwestern on the road and Ohio State uh at home. Before that, they were 11-10 overall. They're five and five in the Big Ten. Now they're suddenly seven and five in the Big Ten. They probably need to get to 12 wins to make the NCAA, and that's what they're going for. Michigan, Indiana, Ken Palm has Indiana one point favorite. So it's basically a coin toss game. 6 p.m. Uh, Saturday night. It's on ESPN. Brendan, we'll see you there. But between now and then for the Indianapolis Star, the Bloomington Herald Times, this has been Mind Your Banners. Thank you so much, Brendan Quinn of The Athletic, for joining us. And thank you so Love much. You, Zach. We will be back next week.